0: into consciousness radio reveals a mystics viewpoint on personal growth and transformation albert a seasoned broadcaster and mata internationally acclaimed master healer teacher and multi-award-winning author explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature they candidly talk about things most people shy away from discussing our struggles with anger jealousy sex insecurity self-loathing and fear of death They discuss the meaning of awakening and what we need to do to transform our shadow and find the light of our true being. Through her compassionate guidance, Mata answers questions regarding your personal challenges with specific suggestions on how you too can heal into consciousness. And now, here are your hosts, Albert and Mata and hello
1: once again this is albert along with the best-selling and award-winning author eliza mata Dalyan, who uh, incidentally is the founder of a revolutionary healing system known as the dalian method dhm whose results are an immediate shift in consciousness and permanent healing of chronic pain and many incurable uh, illnesses here i am as a personal junkie so happy to be with you mata
2: hello albert
1: good uh, hello
2: everybody you-
1: You are also the creator of the powerful No Yes Active Meditation and uh, Transcending the Fear of Death and the Unknown Guided Meditation. Yeah, Um, and
2: I know you love those, especially uh, the No Yes.
1: The No Yes is fun, and uh, I think that's a good meditation to use after uh, we finish with today's topic, which is a mystic's point of view on change. Wow. Change is something that uh, most of us are somewhat uh, hesitant or, or fearful of. Uh, I think it was Heraclitus who um, is attributed to have said you cannot step into the same river twice and he also said the only thing that is constant is change. But, Mata, most of us still fear change and uh, despite the fact that it is nature's delight, there still remains the stress of adjusting to this thing called change. And uh, my question, my first question to you would be, why are we so scared of it?
2: Well, I think there's two kinds of people. Uh, there's people who are afraid of change and there are those who love and welcome change. So, and we talked about uh, the optimists and the pessimists in, uh, I think, a couple of shows back. And this is very much to do with the person's attitude toward life. Mm. And when, what is the basic ingredient to why people are afraid of change, is because they're afraid of the unknown. And also because they're not present where they are moment to moment in, in in the now. Because if we're really present in the now, we know that life always changes. There's always ebbs and flows. There's always waves that come and go. And if we really observe life, then we we start learning that Life itself is a change, and then the fear of what what's to come will start dropping because we'll start observing, and start seeing that well, you know, what I thought was true in this moment is no longer true in the next moment. And and I remember actually when years and years and years ago, when I did a 21 day seclusion and meditation, and I and I coupled it with fasting and it was very you know, focused and intense. When I came out of that seclusion and I went, you know, I went uh, to the street, I was amazed how people, I saw this crowd of people that were walking, like sleepwalking. Nobody was really there, present. Everybody was in their mind going somewhere. Yeah, I,
1: I I walk uh, like we saw that. I think I was in a car with you once, and we were looking at the people passing by walking on a very busy street here in Vancouver British Columbia and people were like zombies they were they were in their own movie in their own heads so to speak yeah it was especially when when we were doing that kind of concentrated meditative work and then just to step out into reality or the world which is uh, the so-called reality it was it was you could see the difference remarkably
2: but, yeah you mean after during the, during the 21 day intensive that we were doing that's right Yeah. 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 And that's what happens once you're once you're so much engaged in the in the head, you're not in the present. Obviously, then you're always either thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future. And most of the time, you know, the way we think about the future is based on our experiences of the past or it's based on our unlived desires, aspirations and the goals that we would like to achieve. And it's also very much based on, you know, the movies we see, the fairy tale stories we're used to being read to, or we hear somebody's story and what they've achieved in life. So we start desiring those things and we want to achieve those things as well, but we're so in the mind trying to get that without understanding That actually we need to look at what is preventing us from living all those things fully and and really living life to to its utmost and basically what's preventing most people is that fear of the unknown the fear of change and Mm -hmm. we even saw this very clearly during the um, election with Barack Obama, where he actually brought this word change so strongly in his campaign and how the younger demographics was supporting that because they, they, they love change, they want change. And once you know, you go into, you live life and, and you've missed so much and you haven't really lived fully and there's a fear of death, obviously that is also preventing people from wanting change, then, then you don't want change. You want that comfort zone that you've created and anything outside the comfort zone seems very scary.
1: Mm. It's funny how we define change. As an example, if you're a fat person and you're on your way to having a beach body by doing these exercises, then change uh, in your head is good. And if you're going from poor to rich, then change is good. But if all of a sudden that reverses itself and you're going from a beach body to fat (laughs) or rich to poor, then in your head, change is not good at all. And it's funny how mind is, is a very key and central component in all of this.
2: Well, every situation in life, you have to understand that what happens to us physically, what happens to us mentally, everything is interconnected. And we need contrasts. And we need contrasts for a simple reason that we need to wake up out of our dream state. So, and every single person would experience at some time or other when the body is young. Obviously, we take life for granted. We think we're going to live forever and we can achieve everything we want. And as the body starts getting older, and I think you could relate to this. What happens, the metabolism changes, so you start putting on more weight and you start seeing the body aging. So this is almost like naturally, existence starts forcing us to start looking at life as a temporary phenomena and start looking at something more important to find the the part within us that never can die, that never changes. And I have a friend, she's 88 years old, and she's lived a very healthy life. You know, she's done yoga, meditation, and to this day, she still does. And she told me when I was visiting her in Montreal just recently, she said, when I look into the mirror and I'm surprised, I look at myself and I go, who is this old person? Because inside, I feel so young. Mm. (laughs) And this is, you know, I'm sure everybody who is physically getting older would feel that to a degree depending how fully they've lived their life. And we need to understand that all these things, you know, uh, whether the body is obese or whether the you know you have riches and then you lose them, all those things are opportunities for you to start finding the strength within you, the awareness, the consciousness within you that knows that all these things are temporary and I need to find something that never dies. And you know what never dies? needs to be cultivated, needs to be found. And that's the part of the spiritual practice that we absolutely need to do at some point in our life and sooner, better sooner than later.
1: Right, yeah. It seems to me in in this thing or in this topic of change that there's a fluctuation between the two opposites from going from one side to the other side and the wisdom... And I guess that's where the eternal aspect is found is somewhere in the middle. So especially the Eastern philosophies really... um really talk about this and 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 really know this well that the it's in the center that that you find the balance and and not by going from one extreme to the other extreme but i guess that's the purpose of life that's the purpose of life for most people and that is healing into consciousness
2: yeah so talking about the eastern so uh, after the break we'll i'll tell a little story which is actually very beautiful and and it's a a teaching story so uh, okay. talking about the east we can talk about that which uh, right. which could be uh, very helpful
1: right topic of discussion uh, is a mystic's point of view on change we're also going to uh, address uh, questions in the way that uh, how we can as people deal with the crisis and health challenges that we might be experiencing that causes stress as well uh, how can we find peace and joy in our hectic modern world all this and more as we continue with the subject of uh, mystics point of view on change and healing into consciousness radio this is albert and uh, you're with mata a modern day mystic Live with Mata. If you would like this internationally acclaimed master healer to answer your questions on a personal level, call 1-800-930-2819. Speak with the founder of her very own evolutionary light speed healing method and receive personal guidance pertaining to any physical or emotional health concern that you might have. Just call 1-800-930-2819. That's Mondays with Mata, only on Transformation Talk Radio.
0: consciousness radio reveals a mystic's viewpoint on personal growth and transformation albert and mata explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature they candidly talk about things most people shy away from discussing our struggle with anger jealousy sex insecurity anxiety self-loathing and fear of death During the show, Mata and Albert discuss what comes to pass on the journey of awakening and the work that we need to do to transform our unconscious and find our true being. Through her compassionate guidance and ability to accurately read the repressed beliefs, thought forms, and emotions in the person's unconscious, Mata answers callers' questions regarding their personal challenges, giving specific suggestions to help them heal into consciousness. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific time for Healing into Consciousness Radio.
3: Are you ready to fast forward your healing and personal transformation? Would you like to learn state-of-the-art techniques to easily balance your energy and quiet your mind? The Healing into Consciousness 8-week online course will give you weekly personal guidance with medical intuitive and internationally acclaimed master healer, Eliza Mata Dalian. Learn how to heal your pain, fear, anxiety, or illness. Register for the May 22nd course at HealingIntoConsciousness.com. That's Healing into Consciousness.
1: Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata, and our topic today is the subject of change and. It's important to have some some good practical guidance along the path, Mada, where we can focus direction specifically to our own needs. Personal guidance is is one of your gifts and strengths, and it's uh, something that you, I know, enjoy doing. So, if if anybody has any personal questions, I'll just throw this out: one 2819 is the number to call, and you can also instant feedback us on the uh, Transformation Talk Radio homepage and uh, we will get your query instantaneously. And on the subject of questions, I guess the big one is how can we deal with crises? Uh, how do we stay centered and focused, Mata, with, with the stormy winds of change blowing around us? It's always a particular challenge, isn't it?
2: Well, it's, it's a challenge, but every challenge is also an opportunity. And the opportunity for transformation, of course. For awakening and the story that that I promised I'll tell before mm. the break would probably be a very good one to remember it's a very sweet story it's very simple and um, who knows maybe it will help somebody who's listening and the story goes that in India so this this happened in India and, and as you know in India there's an awareness of a spiritual path and spiritual awakening and no matter what rank you have in a society everybody pays respects to the awake, awakened ones to the mystics and so the story goes that this king obviously you know especially when you're a king you like to be surrounded by the best that that is available and so he, the king is looking for wisdom and he, he goes to this wise man and says, okay, I want you to give me just one simple sentence that will help me in any kind of, in the worst situation, in any kind of crisis situation. Something that if I remember that, then... I will be able to to surrender, I will, I will not be able, I will not be struggling and I can relax. So, and just one sentence, I don't want a, a big lecture because I don't have time for lectures. So the wise man says, this too shall pass. So the king goes, this is like, uh, okay, well, I don't understand it, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to engrave this on my ring and I'll wear it and I'll see, you know, if this wisdom I'm going to need at any time. So he just has this sense that, that I'm going to carry this with me and see when I'll need it. So the story goes, he forgets about this incident, and but he's still wearing the ring. And... Obviously, when you're in a situation of, you know, you own a kingdom, somebody else owns a kingdom. So there's the fight. Somebody wants your kingdom. You want their kingdom. And there's always the, the fight and uh, struggle and war. And we still do this to this day. So in, in a sense, um, civilization hasn't really changed. We haven't really civilized ourselves to the point of stopping wanting something that belongs to somebody else anyhow so in the war so he's he's losing and he he's basically cornered and his his palace is invaded and so he's he's actually you know uh, trying to run but he's cornered in in a corner in the room and he goes okay well this is the the last moment of my life and He's trembling with fear. I'm gonna die now. And everything's been taken away. They're gonna just come and, you know, destroy me. And suddenly he remembers the ring. He takes out the ring and he reads, This too shall pass. And in that moment, he starts laughing. And when he starts laughing, the people that actually wanted to kill him, they stop. And, and start asking why he's laughing and when he tells the story somehow that that wisdom becomes so contagious that his life is spared and this is this is a very beautiful story in a sense if we can remind ourselves in any any difficult situation in any challenging situation that this too shall pass because it will pass nothing in life stays permanent. And the only thing that stays permanent is our ability to witness, to watch, to observe whatever comes and goes. And this is what we need to start cultivating. This is the most important spiritual work is to cultivate that awareness of the inner observer. And the way we do that, we just need to start observing every situation as it comes and goes, we need to start observing our mind, our thoughts, when sometimes they're negative and sometimes they're positive and we need to start observing how the mind affects how we feel because the mind and emotion are very interconnected. Mm-hmm. And observing how when we have a certain thought, suddenly we start feeling a certain way. So if we have a negative thought, we feel negatively, and we have a positive thought, or if we remember something in the past that happened, negatively we start feeling that emotion again. So what we need to start cultivating is that ability to observe all these things so we can realize that the part that is constant that is never affected by any situation is our inner observer, inner witness. And that's the part that is eternal within us. That's the part that never dies. It's never born. And it simply observes whatever happens in life. So so ultimately, that's the spiritual work for every seeker, for every seeker of truth.
1: Mm. I was thinking on a personal note when I was having kidney stones, which is very, very painful. It's a little death, uh, le petit mort, as they say in French. Mm -hmm. And I watched myself. I could see the mind saying, you know, how long is this going to last? Because it's unbearably painful and uh, there's no peaks. There's no hills and valleys in in kidney stones. It's just a Mm -hmm. progression of pain that just goes up and up and up and up where your mind almost goes crazy. So I'm watching this, but I really at that, this was sort of a big lesson for me in attachment because I feel where most of us get kind of caught up in in matters is our attachments Mm -hmm. and and how weak or how strong they are. And when the body is being inflicted like that with uh, extreme pain, you are attached to it. And uh, it's hard to let go, or maybe you just, you have to wait uh, and take things a little farther uh, with matters i don't know
2: well, uh, the attachment is there from the beginning, and that's why the, what I was just saying that the cultivating of this um, of this witness is so important, and as a matter of fact, in India, there is a practice of um, uh, and we know from from the people who know the Buddha's story, as he was searching for enlightenment, he, uh, a part of his uh, journey was he became an um, aesthetic and he, he started basically torturing his body. And that's what they do. They, uh, they eat, you know, one grain of rice a day. So they um, sleep standing on one foot. So they do all sorts of things to torture the body simply because they want to to find a way to witness and disidentify from the body. Well, this is like an extreme of doing that, which is not really necessary. But if we start cultivating the witnessing awareness early on, then you'll be able to actually watch the pain. And I'm not saying you're not going to feel the pain. You are going to feel the pain. But with the awareness of... You know, it's all you can do is watch the pain in the moment and then take steps, take take action to obviously, you know, I'm not saying just keep feeling the pain and don't do anything. You take steps to help Whatever needs to be done so that the pain is alleviated and thank God for allopathic medicine in this situation because you know and and thank God for some drugs that help because we don't really need to suffer this is this is the thing unfortunately the pain and suffering is part of our life and we cannot avoid it because our body is like a like a machine and you know sooner or later it just starts breaking down Mm. and and because it's a temporary machine, and because we're so identified with this temporary machine, we suffer even more. But if we can understand that the suffering is is just temporary and is there because we're identified, perhaps we could do something about it.
1: Right. Right. So, um, um, good. I see I
2: we're see coming. Where... Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're, look, you're looking at the same screen. I'm looking science.
2: at the same screen. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. I was going to ask you. I mean, isn't uh, stress uh, a little stress uh, good for us? And perhaps we can we can answer that question uh, after the break, as well as how we can actually find peace and joy in our hectic modern world, which is constantly changing. And and uh, I think there is some frustration that we could uh, we can address in in that in that realm. Sounds so, good. Yeah. So we'll be back as we continue with healing in a consciousness radio with Albert and Mata. call in with your questions live with Mata. If you would like this internationally acclaimed master healer to answer your questions on a personal level, call 1-800-930-2819. Speak with the founder of her very own evolutionary light speed healing method and receive personal guidance pertaining to any physical or emotional health concern that you might have. Just call 1-800-930-2819. That's Mondays with Mata, only on Transformation Talk
2: Radio.
0: Feeling Into
1: Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. You know, Mata, I was just thinking on some of the music that we're uh, playing this hour uh, that buff uh, that buff us between breaks, and a lot of it is from the 1960s, which was really a decade of progressive change and transformation. I was looking for some stuff, <laughs> some current stuff to play, and I really uh, was miffed as, at uh, the, the lack of... Uh, songs that I really could play. But I'm, I'm looking at uh, a quote now from your book, In Search of the Miraculous Healing in a Consciousness, where you said that our social, political, religious, and economic climates change every 12 to 16 years. And here we are, uh, almost 2012. And I'm just wondering, from a mystic's point of view, where do you think we are on the, on the subject of change, personal change and uh, collectively?
2: Well, I think we're we're at the point of right now is being shaken up because obviously, you know, this is this is this is a similar situation, um where changes are happening. Nobody can really stop them. Things are breaking down, and so it's what can you do with your attitude? The only thing you can do is have a positive attitude and say, okay, change is happening, and let me actually surf with this situation instead of struggle with it because if you start struggling you're going to be very unhappy and if you start looking at change as an opportunity then there's something that you can find for yourself a new possibility because really if we if we look at historically you know we wouldn't have any kind of scientific progress if there would be no change we wouldn't have any kind of spiritual transformation if there is no change if everything stayed the same, we'll be all having a plastic life. So everybody will be plastic in a way. And there'll be no growth. And if there was no change, the, you know, the, the leaves wouldn't fall in the fall and new leaves wouldn't come again in the springtime. And the flowers wouldn't uh, bloom every spring. And so, so everything would be very, very boring. Without change, there would be no life. It would be only death in the cemetery there's you know silence there's nothing changing so it's changing the attitude is an an understanding like i was actually going to ask you you mentioned about this kidney stone and and sort of i was waiting for you to complete the story but i I wanted to know what (laughs) what okay so then you started watching but then what happened
1: well um it uh Well, what happened was it was the fact that I was really in a moment of a lot of pain and suffering and I was just, I had gone through this before, so (laughs) it was just a matter of how quick can I get into the emergency room before so when they can give me some Demerol and, and things can sort of subside, but it was overall when I Think back on that experience it was one of attachment and and how attached i was and how how i wasn't a master. i'm certainly not a master of of controlling my thoughts and and my thoughts were just running amok as to like when is this going to end it's never ending and i just wanted to get out of the moment
2: you know what happens, Albert, it's, it's interesting because if you can... Um, and, and the second time, I'm sure it was probably somewhat easier for you because you, know, you knew what to expect because you've experienced this before, in right. a way, you knew about the pain, so the attachment might have been a bit less. Right. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because that fear of death would be less. And, um, and also because you knew that you had that situation once before and it passed. So you didn't stay in, in pain permanently.
3: So, yeah. So the second uh,
2: time, it becomes easier because there's a little bit more awareness that, OK, well, I know that this is going to pass.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of reminded of the Woody Allen line. I'm not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, contradiction in terms.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there lies the humor. Yeah. But uh, let's let's carry on here with some questions. So the next question would be, how can we find peace and joy, which is something that we're all looking for? How do we find it in this, in this crazy modern world, which is never satisfied with uh, the present day mousetrap? We know that there's a sense of there's a better mousetrap tomorrow th- in the future, but uh, we lose that sense of now. And, and w- what do we anchor ourselves to in a world that is in flux, that is uh, constantly being changed? What do we do?
2: Well, you are the anchor. And the the general misconception is people think, well, if the world outside will be in peace, I will be in peace. And that's a great misconception. The only place that peace exists is within your own inner being. And if you can't find that peace within yourself, No matter what happens in the world, you're never going to be in peace because your own mind, your own thoughts, your own emotions are going to keep running. And uh, your identification with your body, mind and emotions is what generally creates that inner turmoil. And the turmoil is there because you haven't found your inner peace. You haven't really gotten to experience that place of stillness within within your being and that's why the whole spiritual work for every person is to first of all find that inner peace within because once you feel the inner peace within you don't really need to do anything on the outside just imagine if every single person found that inner stillness within inner peace within then there would be no need for fighting there would be no need for conquering so then with, with that sense of inner Peace is where then you would recognize the joy of creativity because creativity arises from that place of nothingness and emptiness. And destruction.
0: Destruction
2: always comes from the mind. Creativity comes from the inner stillness. That's the difference. And we are in a destructive society. We, we destroy because we're so much in the mind. We're so much identified with the mind and that's what i'm saying the whole work is then we need to start teaching and i keep saying this over and over again and and uh, i hope that that day will come where and i know that some schools already doing that but i hope that the day will come where in schools there would be an education of inner simultaneously with the training of the mind and uh, of the outer because that's the only way we're going to keep the balance and we are off-balance society there's a great gap between our our uh, technological advancement in our uh, spiritual advancement our advancement in in consciousness right. and the word consciousness is something that we don't even use in our vocabulary and it needs to come very you know it it needs to be a part of the education system we need to start teaching about consciousness
1: when you say finding your inner peace is is that are you speaking about enlightenment or is this something that's a little simpler than the big uh, prize of enlightenment (laughs) this inner peace this inner silence
2: well there it's it's a cumulative effect so once you start meditating you start having glimpses of that inner peace and what happens with that those glimpses you start recognizing the place of emptiness and the place where where everything stops and there's absolute stillness but because you're not used to it you quickly Your mind quickly comes in and takes you out of that place. So therefore, it's an ongoing practice of that place that is necessary so that your awareness starts feeling comfortable being in that place of nothingness, in that place of no movement. And slowly slowly that will start growing to a point where once you start being comfortable with it and start um welcoming and 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 is sitting with that space that's how you're going to slowly recognize that this is how you you come to start being in the moment and this is how things start happening in the moment they start, the, the action arises from the inner stillness without you even doing or thinking. And then you know exactly what to do. And, and then you, you do it from your whole being participates in that. Uh, it's almost like the whole universe participates in that action. And therefore, the action becomes very easy, effortless, and also it's the right action always any action that arises from that inner stillness and inner, inner peace. So there's, that's, that's the part of the education system that is missing. We need to get people to start teaching kids how to connect with their intuition, with their inner knowing, and how to make friends with that inner peace and inner stillness.
1: Yeah, I I think this is all part of uh, the age of Aquarius, which is up and coming. We've spent the last 500, 600 years or so on an outward quest, going as far as landing on the moon and going to the deepest part of the ocean. But uh, we are really lacking when it comes to our uh, inner... Uh, knowledge or our inner awareness and I think that's the road that uh, humanity is going to travel for the next as we move forward I don't know how long it's going to last uh, into the uh,
2: enlightened era yeah
1: yeah very good okay we are in conversation with a modern-day mystic Eliza Mata Dalian on the subject of a mystics point of view of change if you want to find out some further information about uh, Mata her work her events and her book and her cds you can visit com. you can also like us on facebook uh, eliza matadalian is found on facebook as is the healing into consciousness radio show and including myself albert stern so we'll be back uh, as we uh, continue on this fascinating subject uh, on healing into consciousness radio with albert and mata <laughs>
3: Imagine. A groundbreaking healing method that can resolve your lifelong problems and save you months and even years of counseling and psychotherapy. Imagine a method that can accurately identify and dissolve the blocks that cause fear, pain, and illness. The Lightspeed Dalian Method can do just that. It will quickly and spontaneously heal your ailments into inner peace, joy, and self-empowered consciousness. To book your life-changing session with the Dalian Method, visit DalianMethod.com. But I believe in whatever you do and I'll do anything to see it through because these things will
1: change feeling into consciousness radio the little taylor swift and change all the songs that uh, we play here on Healing and a Consciousness Radio and that you hear are available on iTunes and that's always a good thing. Mata, one last quote. I was uh, looking at some Leo Tolstoy, one of your favorite authors, I'm sure, and he said it seldom happens that a man changes his life through his habitual reasoning no matter how fully he may sense the new plans and arms revealed to him by reason He continues to plod along in old paths until his life becomes frustratingly and unbearable. He finally makes the change only when his usual life can no longer be tolerated. That is so true in the sense that we do have to suffer a little bit before, hey, you know, the universe says, look, look here. This is something that you have to address. And the, the, the longer we keep ignoring it, the bigger and heavier the bricks that land on our heads seem to come. Um, yeah. That's, I guess, one of the paradoxes of uh, life, if not spirituality.
2: Well, that's the suffering phase of the ego, as I describe it in the book. Uh, uh, as you know, I have the phases of the ego that the ego goes through as it develops and consciousness develops. So that's one of the phases, and it's a very important phase that the suffering phase because it it uh, basically says okay my cup is full i either give in and forget about it and go more unconscious or i do something about it right. so and of course this is the blessing of change and um what i wanted to um actually maybe give our listeners uh, a couple of points just to to remind rem- remind them to uh, remind themselves and one would be to remind yourself that though change would be uncomfortable in the beginning it is always rewarding at the end and this is definitely you know it's something to keep reminding yourself to keep saying okay uh, I feel uncomfortable but I'm going to trust that once I go through this I'll see the blessing in in whatever this situation is giving me. And I'll reap the rewards if I I persist, if I go through this uncomfortable situation. So, though uncomfortable in the beginning, change is always rewarding at the end. And the second thing is um, if you feel fear and hold yourself back from moving forward or doing something different, something new, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen and as you do that take a deep breath and feel the fear and do what you want to do in spite of your fear so what's the worst thing that can happen and in in this suddenly you come into the moment you come into the present and suddenly the mind that takes you to the past or the future stops chattering. And suddenly you jump into the, into the middle, you, you jump into the present moment, and you realize that, okay, well, the worst thing that can happen is I can die, mm-hmm. and, but I might not die. So, so because I'm afraid of death, which you're not even aware that you're, you're holding yourself back because you're afraid of survival, you're afraid of death well fear of death is fear of survival and that's why most people hold you know they just keep procrastinating what they really want to do what they really feel to do and they're so afraid to to be authentic with their inner truths because the fear of rejection fear of survival fear of death so What's the worst thing that can happen if you actually say what you really feel inside?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: What's the f- w- worst thing that can happen? So somebody rejects you. So, so then what? Maybe they don't reject you. It's the belief that I'm going to be rejected is not allowing you to fully be authentic and express yourself. And, and in my work with people, it's, it's, um, I can say 90% of the time, and probably 99% of the time when I'm starting to work with people's repressed thought forms and emotions and I get them, I mirror it back to them and I get them to verbalize it through my system of breathing and, and moving through the body to just unclog the body, to detoxify the body from these thought forms and emotions that are basically creating those beliefs that keep people stuck. And when I ask them to verbalize those thought forms that I'm seeing, they, they have a really hard time. There's like a, a self-judgment that I can't do that. I can't say that and or, or I'm afraid to say that. And I have to really push so people can really take the courage to even, even expressing in a, in a neutral situation, there's a difficulty, there's fear. So ask yourself a question. What's the worst thing that can happen if you actually live your truth and say what you really feel and think
0: Mm.
1: well personal guidance is one of your gifts and strengths and i know it's something that you enjoy doing this past saturday you hosted uh, another one of your teleclasses to a group of people and uh, I'm, i'm just amazed at how those things transform in the sense that they can be entertaining and enlightening at the same time for the listener uh... because most of us can relate to to other people's um, movie or problems uh... in any case you do have another teleclass coming up uh... these are something that that happened every few months and and you will have another one coming up in the fall and we should mention that if you purchase if somebody purchases in search of the miraculous healing into consciousness as well as the active meditation cd yes, no, you get a free uh, pass to uh, be a part of one of these teleclasses. And I, I certainly look forward to uh, being a part of it uh, when it happens, uh, I think, at the end of September, early October is the next one. Am I correct?
2: October 8th.
1: Right. Yeah. Good. Um, I think we're uh, running out of time. You know, I, I was going to ask a personal question, but I think uh, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely running out of time. So if, if you want to check out, again, Mata's website at uh, matadallion.com or healingintoconsciousness.com. And you can also uh, like us on uh, Facebook, Healing Into Consciousness Radio. It's always a pleasure to, uh, to do this show with you, Mata. It's, uh, I've been with you for so many years, but I never get tired uh, of hearing. Sometimes I hear the message in different ways, some, sometimes the same way, but uh, I never get tired of it because sometimes I forget. And uh, it's always good to for at least for me, to be reminded and and to stay in in your presence and uh, to be aware of uh, what you do, because I think you are one of the um, one of the true lighthouses in a dark and foggy world. I thank you very much, and uh, it's certainly my privilege to be a part of this show with you.
2: Pleasure, Albert.
1: Okay, we'll do it all again uh, next week here on Healing Into Consciousness Radio. Have a good week, everybody.
0: Bye, You've been listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific time to continue to explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature. For more information about the Dalian Method or to get your copy of Mata's award-winning book, In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness or the No Yes Active Meditation CD, visit www.dalianmethod.com. That's www.dalianmethod.com.